What's up, y'all? This is Books to Bills Podcast, a podcast for the young professional. This is your girl, Erica, hailing all the way from the ATL, shouty. And this is the favorite staff member, Shaq, hailing from the beautiful state of Florida. You're only the favorite staff member because it was your birthday this week. I say it because I was voted, and thank you for the people who voted. Hi, everyone. Thank you for who made that post also. Moving on. Hi, everyone. <laughs> this is Jasmine hailing all the way from Tyler, Texas. Home on the range. Don't kick her. She's all I got. <laughs> Every time you say that, I'm going to sing that little tidbit. Every time. How's everybody doing? I'm doing mighty fine. I'm doing what? How everybody doing on the mood elevator? Okay, let's do the mood elevator then. Ooh, the mood elevator. Mm, Erica, where are you? Let me see. Mm, 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 mm. I'm, a, I'm ready to go. Can I go? Go yes. ahead, Shaq. Okay, so I am at the appreciative level, which if that's in the positive side, that's about what you'd say, the fifth or sixth level, because mm-hmm. we can go down deep in the basement too, right? Try to get Come the on, folks a visual. Yeah. So in terms of going up towards the balcony, I'm on level five out of about 10 or 11, and I'm at appreciative. And I say appreciative because yesterday was my birthday, and um, I just it's something about birthdays, and I know it's just a matter of people get on Facebook and they just say, happy birthday. And then a couple of other people, they will write you these nice posts, but it just makes you feel so good. And so I'm appreciative for all the love and things that my friends have shown towards me. And yeah, it just makes me feel so good inside. So I'm happy to be 27. Come on, 27. Hey, man. Now, y'all know this, and I ain't going to go into too much detail, but somebody almost knocked me off of my appreciative mood today. Uh, well, they did knock me down, but I got back up real quick. Hey, man. Come on, Donnie McClurkin, just get back up. Last I took a L, but tonight I bounced back. See, I went to hey, Jesus. I went hey. to church, and Erica over here in the club. Oh, I'm sorry. You got to have a little bit of you both. You can find her in the club. Bottle it's a little bit book. both. Erica, where you at on this elevator? I'm struggling. to. to I, I don't know what floor I'm on, but I think that I will say maybe, um, I guess, patient understanding. I really could you know, fit with a lot of these. I, I guess I'm just patient understanding. I'm really kind of in a chill mode today. Um, had a very productive day at work. Got a lot of things done. So I'm really just chilling. And I'm also just not anxious. You know, I'm just... Today will be the day to give me some bad news. Because I would probably take it really well. But we don't need that. Yeah. Okay, so you feeling fairly good. You know what? what before you, um, before this phone call, I was impatient, frustrated, irritated, bothered, worried, and anxious. All of the above. <laughs> but oh, thank God. the Lord for good friends <laughs> like Erica that I could just vent to. And then, you know, we move on to better things. So right now, on this phone call with my friends, I am hopeful. I'm optimistic. I done, came, I done risen. I done came a little high on this mood elevator. Amen. Amen. So, Erica, you were at probably a four and Jasmine, I was at a five and Jasmine's at a six. And so if I may, Jasmine, because this is actually your mood elevator that you introduced us to, and I'm very appreciative, but I want to provide the people with a little visual about kind of what we're looking at. Can I do that? You could do that. Perfect. So we have this ground level, which is, it says you're curious and interested. So I guess that's just like a, a state of, uh, just a, um, a neutral state of being. But then you can go either nine levels into the basement or you can go nine levels towards the balcony. So it's nine levels up and nine levels down. And so we were all in the positive 
four, five, and six today. So hopefully that just, you know, rubs off Amen. into this great show. This Amen. Week. Well, let the staff meeting say Amen. I was about to start clapping, but I was like, it's going to be off. Amen. So how were y'all's weeks? Can we talk about that very briefly? I know it's your birthday, friend. Anything else it's happened? I was work. Yo, yo, we gonna party. You know, my week has actually been going fairly good, but let me tell you, the devil thought he had me. Y'all, why on Monday I started getting uh I started getting sick. And Tuesday, which was my birthday, I was really sick. And then today I took off work because Amen. I just needed to recover. From the sickness, not from my birthday, because I ain't doing it on my birthday, but maybe that's you know, sometimes it's what you gotta do. What about you, Jazz? My week so far has been good. It's been busy. Last week, I was out for a conference. So this week, I'm catching up. And um, we had some of our stakeholders from Texas, from Texas, from Austin, Texas, come in because they're the people that pay us. So we had to present on what we have accomplished so far. So it was good. I think the presentation went well. Cool, cool. Yeah, my week has been pretty good, too. Kind of like looking over the span of uh, like in la- the last week to now, um, we had a pretty cool meeting at work um, because we are um, I'm, I'm a, I work for a data company. We're part data, part education, and um, we're building um, what's called um, they call analytics. And we're basically trying to predict students needs through all the data that we report. And we had our, like a really cool tech data presentation on last Thursday and it got me really geeked to do some um research and so um and I'm also in a class at work called human centered design where you learn basically how to solve problems um you learn so if you're trying to solve a water crisis for a third world country like you would really try to solve it as you were one of those people and not as a privileged person that has water and wastewater every day um and so we are actually doing a a project right now where we are trying to solve the problem that low-income communities don't have access to healthier food options and so it's really cool and the last thing i'll say about that i just saw on facebook today that subway i don't know where but subway gives free food to the homeless from three to six every day and I was like, what a way. Right. I don't think it's global. Really? I mean, national. Yeah. But wherever this was, I saw that. And I was like, what a way to solve the problem. And like one of the bigger things that we talk about is the fact that it's so and you find it in low income communities, always out these fast food restaurants. So shout out to Subway being probably one of the healthiest options to be also giving away free, uh, free sandwiches and a drink. So, yeah, that's kind of been my work week. So I'm actually having a lot of fun, actually. So, so- I'm glad you said that. Do y'all remember like maybe I think it was like last summer sometime when Subway was like, come in. If you buy a sandwich today, you get another free sandwich and we're going to donate one. It was like National Sandwich Day and they're like, they're going to donate a sandwich to. I don't remember, but please elaborate or go on. Yeah. So I think it was like National Sandwich Day. And they said, if you buy a sandwich, we'll give you a a free sandwich. But then we'll also donate a sandwich, donate, donate the proceeds Mm -hmm. to charity. And then, so I was like, okay, that's fine. I really went because I wanted a free sandwich. Well, when you re- read the fine print, they had defined the value of their sandwich. And so basically for every sandwich you bought, you bought they were going to donate the value of that sandwich to a charity. Y'all, guess how much a foot long, it was a ham sandwich, this is a, one of the cheaper sandwiches, 
Guess how much a foot long ham sandwich, the value that is. How much? 50 cents. 32 cents. <gasps> 16 cents for a six inch. I could not believe that. So basically what they just told me is that they hiking up that, the price of that exactly. damn sandwich so much for us every day. They making money. And then it's also misleading because they make you really think you about to be donating or benefiting some cause and you give a 16 cent per person. Now granted, of all the subways in the world on this given day, it's still going to be a lot of money. But still, it could be yeah. more than that. I mean, that's that's the true business model. Keep your costs low and sell it for high. So, yeah, yeah. It's also how I always say, like, if I were gonna open a business, I would open up a coffee shop because you got like seven ingredients that you buy for a coffee shop, and you make it. You just mix them up differently and make different stuff. <laughs> and you have a lot of money. money. That's dope. Okay, cool, cool. Well, I'm glad we've had some productive uh, weeks at work. Um, and now to play, Shaq. Taking it over to you. All righty. So I was really hoping we could uh, mix these up today because I wanted to just shout out one of my friends, Deshaun. Hey, Deshaun. Yeah, so it was his my birthday yesterday. And one of the things he posted on his Instagram story, it was a picture of me, but he said that I'm his tier five. <laughs> so I was like, shout out to him, one for listening to the podcast and, Yay. you know, just engaging with us and using the words because I hadn't shared that theory with him before, even though we're mutual tier fives. Um, but anyway, so revisiting what we talked about last week and remembering what we know about tier one, two, three, four, five and friendship, five being the worst, one, one being the clump you throw everybody You mean in. five being the best. I mean, excuse me, yeah, five being the best and one being the, uh, the, just the pool that everybody in. Y'all ready? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So one of your tier three friends birthday is approaching. And you decide to buy a gift for your tier three friend and surprise them with it. Okay. You call your tier three friend on their birthday and they don't answer the phone. You send them a text and they don't respond via text. And so you decide to go over to tier three's house. Once you get to your tier three, the, your friend's house, you notice that it's a party going on that you were not invited to. On a scale of one to petty, do you A, leave and take your gift back? Do you give your gift to them and then leave the party? Or do you decide to stay at the party, give the gift, and not say anything about the fact that you weren't invited? Or do you give, do you stay at the party, give them the gift, and proclaim to everyone at the party that you were initially not invited, <laughs> but that since you brought a gift... You think that you're able to stay or other. <laughs> wow. That's funny. Because certainly, you know, this won't be happening with no tier five now, you know. Right. Tier five, you playing the part. True. <laughs> right, Erica? True. Tier three. Yeah, three is a pretty neutral spot to be in the tier. So, like, definitely feel like no questions asked would have gotten an invite to the party two or one i can see maybe not but three i feel like definitely got an invite maybe one the first person on the list but like if i'm buying you a gift i definitely felt like i feel like if i'm buying somebody a gift i definitely would have assumed i would have gotten invited to the party unless it's some like little mindless gift like a a, a happy birthday pencil you know that ain't nothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I went to the store and bought a gift and thought of them. I think it would really just depend on what mood I'm in. It would also depend on the gift. If the gift was super personalized, 
I probably would have dropped the gift off and left, but very obviously with the birthday person. Like, I hope you enjoy your party. Here's your gift. Have a good life. Not a good life. Okay. <laughs> like, you never going to speak to them again. Cause right, because they sound like they certain, they ain't going to be on notes here after this. Okay. You know, so I would, if I'm pulling up in my car, I look out the window <laughs> and I see the part, I hear the music, I see the lights going, I see cars lined up. I'm leaving my gift in the car and going in the house and t- to make my presence known. Because <laughs> best believe I got the receipt. So if I don't get an invite, I don't even still, think about that. I'm Dang. still enjoy the party, but I'm taking my gift back. Yeah, I feel like if my, if the gift is too personalized that I couldn't give it to anybody else, I'm like, you you know, thank you for a friendship that is now over. I'm also, I'm being very petty. I wouldn't stop me and be somebody's friend for that, but I would just be like, I know where we stand. Like, yeah. But I guess for me, it's one of those things where, and the reason I said tier three because like, so all of my pretty much all my tier fives know each other because they got together and got me a. Many of my tier fives got together and got me a, a Christmas gift. So I think they have a grasp on who each other are. But it, I had to say tier three because sometimes and this is the tier where you may be friends with a group of folks and that group of folks might not know your other friends. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And so, yeah. And so I said that one because I thought it'd be interesting. But for me, I would have to go in. Well, like you said, I, well, one, I'm not going to buy no personalized gift like that and for a surprise. Because you can't take it back. And I'm talking about like something engraved. I don't do that kind of stuff because you can't take it. Oh, that no, I don't mean nothing like that. Okay, okay. But yeah, I would go in the party. I would take the gift and then I would leave. But I would have to tell everybody before I left. Be like, <laughs> I'm just giving, bringing this gift. I'm just dropping it by. I ain't going to stay at the party. You know, I, I, I wasn't invited. I, I don't know how much food y'all done prepared. I'm going to drop impulse. my gift off and leave. Right. I don't want to impulse. I'm just going to drop my gift that I bought. <laughs> wait, wait. Have y'all ever Everybody been Everybody to... would know that I got that damn gift and didn't get no invitation. Have y'all ever, like, <laughs> trying to figure out if y'all was going to go to a party and you go in the kitchen to see what they eating first? I'm like, nah, I just I just came to show face because I seen that Rotel with no meat <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> I ain't never looked at the... That does remind me of our potluck protocol episode that we ain't never shared because I was at another protocol for the Super Bowl. I'm going to talk about it later, but... There was some no-nos that came up. All right. I ain't, I've never been to a party and necessarily looked at the food because I just ain't never really rely heavy on the food. You never you never know. Right. But I will go in and kind of gauge the vibe to see if it's popping or not. And then I might dip out. It just kind of depends on how it's looking in there. For sure. Um, Do y'all know living single well enough if I bring up an episode? I wouldn't. What you just? Try me. Bring it up anyway, though. She already done brought it up. Well, I shall proceed. <laughs> There's an episode when this is kind of later on when Khadija and Scooter are dating and it's Halloween and Khadija's dressed up like Lil Bo Peep and Scooter is a pirate. And he invites her to her uh, to his company's Halloween party. And not only are they in costume when they had all agreed that they were going to donate the money that they would have bought for costumes to charity, but Scooter didn't get that message. But anyway, when they go to the party, no one knows that Khadija is Scooter's uh, uh, girlfriend. And so every five seconds when they dancing with somebody, he's like, yo, this Khadija, my girlfriend. This my girlfriend. Like every five seconds, he just kept bouncing around. Y'all remember that? Yes. No. 
that's that's what I thought of. Like, I'm gonna drop my get off. Oh, hey, y'all wasn't invited. Uh huh. No, I wasn't. Uh, I'm not gonna say because I'm not gonna post. I wasn't invited. Oh no, that's for invited people only. I'm from. I ain't gonna. I don't want nothing. Now that's petty. Yeah. Or you can be like, I ain't gonna eat no food. I'm just gonna stay and I ain't gonna eat no food. Y'all, I wasn't invited, but I'm just gonna have a good time. <laughs> hey, you want Shaq? You want a drink? Mm-mm. I don't no, want no I'll, drink. Mm-mm. I'm just here. That's I wasn't invited. Y'all silly. <laughs> So hold on, yes. how would you respond if somebody did that to you? And was like on that way, yeah, I wouldn't invite. I just want to stop by. I did all that to you at your party. Well, obviously it would have been a reason they weren't invited, or if I just truly forgot and there's a lot of things that could be wrong. But if I truly just intentionally didn't invite them, I would tell them. I'd be like, hey, this wasn't the kind of friends that I wanted to hang around with you. Cause I'll tell my friends that often, like, I don't want to mix my friends up together because I don't like that. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's definitely certain people, like, if, depending on what I'm doing, certain people I know I'm not going to invite. And it ain't nothing personal. I just know you're not going to contribute to the vibe. Right. Yep. Well, thank you. That was a good petty question. A very good one. Thank you. Yes, yes. As a petty king, I think I can come up with a few. <laughs> I do want to say that I did just have a birthday that did not happen to me. Anything like that. There is no personal experience there. Before somebody start asking. Alrighty, so on last, um, well, two weeks ago at our staff meeting, New Year, New Logo, we dropped our new logo and I hope y'all loved it. We are very proud of it. Um, shout out to Shaq for beautifying it. Um, and we also dropped the first episode of season two and we talked about the changes that we want to make in this a beautiful year of 2019. Shaq gave us a Bay update. Um, I think that's also where Shaq talked about safe sex practices. So I hope that that is still sticking with you all. I'll let y'all know how excited I was for, I I am for the Millennium Tour. B2K has started to do some press releases and do their circulations around various talk shows. Please keep your eye out for that. And uh, Jasmine also started her 52 book year challenge. And so we will get some updates on that later on today. Do y'all have any reflections from social media that you are so inclined to share? I wanted to say on Twitter, we got some good feedback. Everybody told me that the logo looked great and that it actually looked just like us and they couldn't believe it. Well, that was not everybody said all of it, but a few people <laughs> said those things. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, uh, but right when we get finished talking about this, Social media. I want to tell y'all about reasons why small businesses, primarily say small business, and no, I mean black businesses, piss me off sometimes. But anyway, what the rest of the social media said? Um, we did get a few. Well, I always my coworkers kind of serve as a buffer for everything, and they was, <laughs> and they were um very impressed by the logo as well that was like oh my god now i can put a face to the name like this is what y'all actually look like um so and then we did get some other people just say that they really love the logo on instagram and so we appreciate that i'm almost positive it was my former ra and my little sister yatsmin so shout out to you for your comment on ig about that um so that was pretty much it so we appreciate the love keep interacting with us and shag what you got to say Jasmine, ain't nobody tell you none about the logo? Erica already mentioned Instagram. Oh, well, I didn't know if like they told you personally. That's, I'm sorry. That's what happened uh, when well, you know, people don't pay attention. Gotta pay attention. Read your Bible. Read your Bibles. Read your Bible and drink your water and mind your business. <laughs> uh, I just want to let the people know that it has been a long time coming with this uh, logo. 
Yeah. And oh, I didn't get no. permission from the rest of the uh oh, from, from the rest of the staff to talk about this. So they probably like, oh Lord, what are you about to say? But I just want y'all to know that I I struggle with going to these small businesses and these people on social media running these businesses because they take forever and they do what they want to do. And they always have these stupid uh oh they always have these excuses. <laughs> About stuff, and I just want to let y'all know that it took us like six over six months the process of getting this logo done. Actually, yeah, about six months, and we just happen to have it right now. Uh, but certainly, it took a long time, and it was because we went with one of them Instagram businesses. And so, <laughs> and then to make it worse, we caught them on one of the one of the deals or their promotions. I'm just like, we should just pay full price. Maybe we would have got it in six weeks instead of six months. But I mean, goodness. But we got. Well, we ain't gonna- we got it. We as ain't gonna blast the as person. As Erica would say, well, nevertheless. <laughs> oh, no, nah, we, we ain't gonna blast the person. We ain't gonna blast them. We ain't we gonna blast you yeah. on the radio. <clears throat> yeah. No. Because my mama taught me better than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on the cool, if you got an Instagram business, like, just in the same way as you want, you would want to be treated if you were at a brick and mortar shop or it was you on the other foot trying to buy something, be professional. Read your Bibles and be professional. Well, and the other thing is, is, I'm not in graphic design business and none of us in our podcast are. And so like, we don't know what like typical expectations and timelines are. So just be upfront and say, Hey, I got all of this going on. I would appreciate, we talked about this. Remember when we was talking about like being good team members and stuff, Communication. you just got to be transparent and be like, I don't, I got a lot of stuff going on. I don't know how long it's going to take, but don't be telling me, oh, I'm going to get it to you on Sunday. And there's a month of Sundays roll around and I still ain't a month it. of Sundays. <laughs> yeah. Nah. That ain't cool. That shit ain't cool. But anyway, thank you so much for that tidbit. And so we will get into today's staff meeting. On this week's agenda, this too much. We want to know when is it appropriate to say yes or no to more responsibility. So I will preface this with, I think we've talked about this a little bit before. And so I hope to kind of have the conversation to take a little bit different direction um but nevertheless you know i feel like the new year tends to be a time where people start getting new responsibility and or evaluating the responsibilities that they have and it's either like okay i think i want to do something else whether it be a new job or whether it just be somebody something new at your new job new you know expectations that were supposed to be met are now everybody want to talk about them so supervisors may start bringing things to you to be like hey jasmine hey shack can you get these things done that have been put on the back burner and so i just kind of want to know what do those conversations look like when you talk to your supervisors um or whomever is asking you to add things so the first question is what are some reasons you've decided to take on more responsibility at work shack well I, the first question was when do we say yes and no to those responsibilities and I would say saying no, I mean, certainly at the beginning of your job is not a time to say, oh, I want more responsibility. And I will expand on it. I'm new to my job. I haven't been here six months, but like for the first three and a half months, maybe four full months, I was going through these times when I'm like, I kept comparing my current job to my old job. And I kept saying, oh my gosh, I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing nothing. I had way high expectations. We've talked about this several times. I did way too much in my old job. So there was some of it that I needed to let go of. But I was tempted on several occasions to like ask my boss, like, hey, can I do something else or can I do this and that? And I never did it. I just decided that I would do a scripture declares and that's wait, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And so, amen, amen. So that's what I did. And y'all, my job then picked up now and I ain't asked for not a single extra responsibility. So I would say if you are in, if you are new to a role, 
really, really, really from my own experience, just make sure you learn the role because now that I have learned it, I do have a lot more. Um, and there are certainly times when I wasn't doing things that I could have been doing. And so, you know, just think about that, but take that little time and, um, and, and get to know what you got to do because you don't want to be, um, you know, you don't want to be asking for extra stuff. Then later on, you get some evaluation is be like, well, you asked for all these responsibilities, but you didn't even do the ones you had good mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. So, um, so yeah, I will say, um, I, in times where I have asked for more responsibilities, usually they have like pretty much been when the team really needed it. And that was more so in my old job, we had a lot of staff ch- uh, turnover. And so I didn't mind stepping up because I really wanted to help the team. And I wanted, I didn't want, I work with students. We all know this. I didn't want my students to see um, or notice that there was a lack of staff members. I just wanted them to see the same, if not better product um, or level of support as before. So, yeah. I think something to add to that too, Shaq, is that like, um, dang, it was on the tip of my tongue. You said to wait into the role. Um, oh, I'm forgetting it. Um, dang, you might have to go jazz because I was getting ready to say it and I lost it. Oh, it's okay. Um, I would say that I do have a good supervisor in the sense that she sees certain qualities and abilities in each team member and tries to develop them. And so one of the reasons that I've taken on more responsibility is because she thought that I could handle that and has offered me different um, tasks or opportunities because of what she sees in me. And then I also think that on a team of nurses, being, um, you know, one that has a graduate level education has also pushed me to a leadership or taken on more responsibility because my knowledge base is greater. And so I think it's a combination of those two um, that have kind of, you know, had me take on a little bit more than expected. Um, I remember it. I was about to say, I think it's also important and I, I'm kind of guilty of this to some extent, but I think my situation at this job has been very different and I'll probably elaborate on it a little bit more as I answer these questions. But um, honestly, when you get a new job, like appreciate the lightness of it because I mean, once he picks up and if people know you to be the person who does this and does that, like none of that ever stops. Right. You just get requests left and right. And so when you in the beginning of the job in that honeymoon phase, like let it just let it be, let it ride and take, you know, you can, you know, peacefully go home when it's time to go and you ain't got to take no work home. Like really take it because then when things pick up, it ain't nothing you can do about it. And it's probably still great. It has its pros. But yeah, Um, I think I think before you go there, where you about to go to next America? No, go ahead. Oh, so I think another thing is like we learned so much about the hunt, this thing called a honeymoon phase that we're ex- ex- like expecting and stuff. And so I think it's so hard, especially from my personal experience, it's so hard to actually experience that because you're like, oh, I know this going to happen. This ain't what I want to experience. And so I reflect back on a lot of my like times when I've been new to things or started new things. And I'm like, I didn't really enjoy my honeymoon phase because I was anticipating that I would have it and I didn't want to have it because I didn't want to be heartbroken later on and blah, 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 blah. And I just get so caught. Do y'all ever do that? Like you just, you look back on something and be like, dang, I really should have cherished that that moment. Yeah. I mean, especially now. Yeah. I mean, I started my job in June and I can't do my job until I get an established caseload. And so Mm <laughs> we didn't get our caseloads. We got like maybe 60, 70% of it in August and then to get the rest of it till like beginning of October. And so now I have 112 students that I have to contact like clockwork every 30 days. And man, 
how I wish I could go back in time now. I mean, I have a hold on it now. Like I've been in a job, I think seven or eight months now. So like I've been, it's, it's cool now, but like I definitely wish I could have gone back. But I think I kind of did get to experience my honeymoon phase a little bit more just because like I went from working in higher ed to working in nonprofit and then also for a very small company. Um, and so I think there were some components of the honeymoon phase of my job that I really did get to experience because it was 100% new, um, and different from what I had ever experienced through my grad program and through my first full-time position. So I, I think I got a little bit of it. I'm on the same page as you, Erica. I was thinking, Ooh, them days when I only had two or three or four clients, I ain't know, I ha- I know what I had till it was gone. Cause now I got 26. Mm-hmm. Everybody got everybody got knees. I'm like, <laughs> nah, that's not. Okay, so second question. Um, I'm sorry, I skipped the first question. So the next question was, um, what are some reasons you've decided to take on more responsibility at work? You want me to go first, Shaq? Sure. Um. I said boredom, growth, and preparing for my next move. And so I think I've talked about this a little bit on here is that the job that I have now doesn't necessarily at, at its default state doesn't really require me to do a whole bunch. Like it's pretty, I won't say monotone. That's not the perfect word, but like to some monotonous. extent, monotonous, um, it's pretty monotonous. Like I have one job that's the average to the students record all my interactions with the students. And then all of the, what I do helps somebody else do their job. But that's at, at its core, that is what I'm there to do. And quite frankly, it does take up a lot of time to talk to the students, to outreach them and record all of my interactions with them. But coming from Simulus Ushak, coming from working in residential life, coming from being a traveling um, admissions counselor, I'm like, I'm used to 400 emails. I am used to having two phones. I'm used to being on call. I'm used to handling crises. Not that all of that stuff was particularly enjoyable, but I'm used to it. And so it's like, I want something else to do. After I kind of got out of or evaluated, Erica, do you want more responsibility because you know you can handle it and you want to learn something different? Or do you want to do it simply because you're used to that? And you're not really thinking about like what kind of stresses and negatives that brought on. And so once I got to the point where I was like, no, I just really want to make sure that when I leave this job, especially because it has a designated end date, unlike a lot of times with people's positions, like I know that I have to leave this job at a particular time. I'm like, no, I got to use my time wisely. And to some extent, I can't be too, too concerned about whether or not it's too soon or not, because I know I got 24 months. That's it. And so I really want to make sure I milk my experience in nonprofit, milk my experience in a small company, milk my experience in a company that is predominantly people of color. I want to milk my experience working with this population in a new city. And so I really was like, you know what? I don't want to rush that I have not been a virtual coach before, but I'm pretty confident on my ability to support students and help students. I need something else to do. And so I I did convey that to my supervisor, my interim supervisor. And then our because we are a small company, our CEO is was also wanting to know that think those things about us, which was kind of a scary conversation to have, but nevertheless I had it. And now I'm on different projects and stuff because the spring naturally does pick up. And so now I'm starting to feel a little bit more uh useful and tapped on for things and so it feels really good for me and i just want to be able to have my thing is i need five to seven bullets for each job (laughs) on the resume five to seven 
Amen. Get so, the bullets. Yeah, you got to get the bullets. So, um, yeah, that would probably be my reason for it. And I think that would pretty much carry over to any job, but especially for this one, knowing, you know, kind of the parameters of me knowing I, I leave in now about 18 months. So, I don't know, Jazz or Shaq, whichever one. So, I jumped the gun to answer this question before. It was saying, like, like what are some reasons I have taken on some more responsibilities? One, to help the team, and then just because I really, really wanted to do something or I wanted to be able to talk. Or like I really, really wanted to learn something and I wasn't doing it because um, I think that's easy in our jobs, too, because in, like you get so used to doing one particular thing and you're like, oh, I want to. But I thought I was going to get to do this or ooh, it would be great if I had some experience here. And so a couple of times I've asked to do more things just because I wanted that experience. Got you. I would say the same, Shaq. Like now that I'm thinking about it, all these little trainings and um, new tasks I'm learning. Add that to the resume. Get the bullets. when I go on. Okay, get them bullets. All righty, so my last one. Have you ever refused to take on another project or responsibility? Jess? Sure have. <laughs> this last, I mean, this position that I'm in now, when it first um, was brought to me, I declined it. Because I just wasn't on the same page as what they needed. And then once I thought about it and the need was still there, I went ahead and stepped into the position. And so I don't regret taking that pause to figure out if I really wanted it or not. I think it was really worth it. And so, you know, for the colleagues, if y'all decide like, hey, I'm not sure about this move or taking on this responsibility, it's well within your right to be like, "Mm, give me, can I think about it? Give me a minute so we can pause. No, I think that's good because I think there is kind of like this, and we can add a whole bunch of layers to this, a whole bunch young, a young professional, a female professional, African-American professional or professional color. Like you can add a whole bunch of layers. And I feel like there's this pressure when somebody offers you something, you got to take it. Even if you know good and damn well, you don't, you either just don't have a desire or you don't have the space in your day to do it. Like, I feel like there's sometimes this pressure. So I'm glad you mentioned, like, don't feel like you have to say yes to responsibilities, especially out of fear that you're not going to get more. Like, believe me, if people ask you once, they're going to ask you again. And especially if you're performing at such a level where where your particular assistance and expertise is desired, people going to keep asking you. For me personally, I've not been asked for anything like too drastic to where I felt like I just had to say no. I can't recall an instance where um, it was more so like going to a meeting, to, but basically going to a training to pick up on something. And I first saw that that was going to mean that I was going to have some a boatload of extra responsibilities. So I did decline that training. Like I got an invitation through Outlook and I declined it. How about my boss come to me and tell me, I said, oh, I saw you decline. I was like, yeah, um, I just don't have the time to go to that. And she was like, well, it's only so-and-so-and-so-and-so. I said, yeah, but I just don't have the time. Yes, I did have the time to go to that training, but I didn't have the time for the extra responsibilities that was going to come afterwards. So I just declined it. Um, Otherwise, though, um, I don't be wanting to seem like a little boss pet or whatever, but if they ask me to do it, I'm pretty much going to do it because I I feel like my job just got so many, like my field, not my particular job right now, my field has so many politics. And so when people ask me to do something, yeah, I'll do it. I do. I just need you to remember that I said yes. I'm gonna do it. I said yes to your meeting and yes to yes. Your- hey, <laughs> all you gotta do is say yes. 
Open up that calendar and add it to it, baby. Hey, all you gotta do is guess. I might change the name of the episode. Um, I I think kind of similar to Shaq. I don't know that I have been asked to do anything super duper serious that I have declined. Um, but definitely have declined some calendar invites. Like, look. I, my going back to them calls I talk about, they are scheduled thirty days in advance. I don't, I don't have look. If I'm already being asked to go to meetings that weren't previously scheduled, and I already had to schedule four calls before, I'm not finna then schedule. No, I can't. Like, I only have so much time, and so I've definitely declined things like that. And then for like, you know, so eventually this project I was talking about, this human centered design project, I initially was not going to accept it because they said. I mean, how they described it, we didn't really know how much time it was going to take, but they were like, it's going to be another four hours a week. And when you think about that, you might not think it's a lot, but it's like, no, it's four, four hours. Four to eight hours? Four a week. Wow. Yeah. And so I actually only agreed to do it because I wanted to help out another team member who was going to end up doing it by herself. But stuff like this, we get asked to be on often. And I'm like, I, I'm not even finna do it. Cause I know I'm not gonna be able to get my all. And so we use the term bandwidth at work a lot. You know, I'll be honest, like my bandwidth just cannot handle anymore. So yeah, I have been. Um, and on the flip side, there have been some projects that I've been asked to do that I wish I had to say no, not because I didn't have bandwidth, just because I purely didn't want to be associated. Hmm. But yeah. Any last comments on that? I think that was a good, nice, concise discussion. I'm going to take that silence as a no. And so, Jazz, can you bless us with the book update? Sure. I just looked today and I've read five books so far. The one that I'm reading now because it's Black History Month. You got to read Black authors during Black History Month, especially. Amen. So I'm reading Rosewater by uh, T. Thompson and it is good. I don't know if y'all are into like sci-fi futuristic type of things, but it's really good. And the um, her next novel or the next novel comes out in March. So I'm looking forward to that. But it's really good. That's cool. Well, may I share? I knew you would. Go ahead. I believe I'm on either chapter 25 or 26 of Children of Blood and Bone. I'm yes. very proud of myself. Like I really been, I've been out here reading. But I will say, Children of Blood, for me to be getting back into reading Children of Blood and Bone probably couldn't have been a worse book. The book is huge. And I don't, and I only know that because I'm on chapter 20 something and it's still only like 30, 40% complete. I'm like, all right, this is really like, you know, whew, I'm not even halfway done and I'm in the 20s, you know? It, it's a book it's yes, a long, it but it's a good it really is good and i really do appreciate getting having that feeling of escape again with the books and so you know i'm gonna take it on home i'm gonna try to i'm trying to hurry up and finish it because i i'm actually kind of excited about what i'm reading um but yeah i have been i've been reading uh miss jasmine okay then you can get some ar points I used to be a beast on them AR points, looking for every book with a worm on it. <laughs> That's what y'all used to put worms on them. Yeah, it used to be a bookworm. Yeah. I was used to have a little yellow dot on the spine. We well, we had dots on all the books. It was a color coding for all the dots, so you know you have to look for the green worm. Yep, that was me. 
Okay. And it's crazy because in elementary and in high school, we still had them same yellow dots. I think they may have been orange dots, but they were still the same idea when we got to high school. Oh, interesting. Maybe it was a district library science thing. You know, my school's district was small. They went up but right up the street from each other. So it was about the same damn library. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I thought you were saying maybe they called across town. No, they ain't called across no damn town. They, <laughs> they whispered to each other across lunch. the street. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't have a what in the hell happened, but I do want to share. Well, I guess I do. It's really brief. So I told um, Jazz and Shaq yesterday because we in a workout group, but I went skating for the first time um in months yesterday and i was very scared because i'm like man this atl shawty people be people came out the womb with skates on out here so i'm like i just don't know i'm scared but i went and it's this guy in my office who he doesn't work for my company but his office is in a building he skates and so um he had kept asking me and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go skating i'm gonna go skating so we ended up going yesterday went to cascades yes the atl skating rink and it looked just like that and i skated and i was proud to say that i was able to stay on my i, I was at the skating rink from like 7 30 to 9 45 in my skates and i only took two very short breaks one at the beginning like when um, my friend had gotten there and then one long one and funny enough I was sitting while I was taking my long break I was sitting next to this lady and I kind of felt like I was a little sweaty or whatever as probably everybody is and I was like oh my bad I probably stink and so she was like oh no nah, baby no I, you don't and so we just started chatting or whatever and I found out she a traveling nurse and she had just moved to ATL from St. Louis. St. Louis is also a big skate place and so she's like oh I was so scared to come today I haven't skated since I moved to ATL and I was like me too so we start bonding. So we talk and talk and talk. And so um, for whatever reason, I had said my name. And so she was like, what's your name? She was like, I was like, Erica. She was like, that's my name too. And I'm like, what are the odds? So then she was like, yeah, my name wow. is Erica Renee. I said, you lying. I said, my name is Erica Renee. And so we just going crazy at this point because we didn't bond it off the fact that we didn't, we were scared to come to the skating rink and all this stuff. Now we got the same first and middle name. We was completely different on last name and birthday but it was just such a cool experience to run into her she's an older woman but she was so sweet like so 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 sweet and so we're supposed to be meeting at the skating rink next tuesday um and just holding each other accountable about getting back on the getting back on the wheels and learning and getting better so i'm really just proud of myself for my hard work in the gym playing golf and giving me the stamina i need to learn how to skate and i'm just excited to be back out there so that is my wouldn't the hill happen Yay, Fran, I see you, girl. Okay. Meeting new folks and okay. The way you was talking about Erica Renee, I felt like she had jumped a few tears or something real quick. Right. I said, dang. And I also want to note, too, that the skaters, I was scared for nothing because it was so many skaters that saw me like practicing. I'm trying to learn how to turn around on my skates, y'all. That's my that's my new thing. And so many people was like, you got it, you got it. Just super encouraging people that don't even know me. Just like, you got it, or trying to give you tips. So, like, skaters are really some of the nicest people that I've ever met. And they really don't be judging you. They don't laugh at you when you fall. They come help you get up. Like, it's all love. So, very nice. Eyes done. Shaq, you got a uh, bay update or something? I didn't told y'all about my bay update last time now. So, you don't give us nothing else. Uh, shit, I ain't got nothing. 
I don't even remember what I said last time because I ain't, yeah, I'm off the market. So I told myself that I'm just going to live a pure and holy life in these upcoming months. What? Oh, I thought you meant off the market like you taken. I was like, wait a minute. That's the real update. Oh, right. no, I ain't found nobody. Nobody. I'm convinced, though, the person that I get in a relationship with is going to have to be somebody that I already know. Like, I know them and I don't have to find them nowhere. I mean, it happens. That's how it's going to have to happen here. Um, but Erica, I do have a what in the hell happened. Shaq, can we see you? Sure, you can see me, friend. Friend, we can't see you. We just see this old ass photo of you from when you were 16. Okay, okay, good enough. Thank you. Now, what were um, you going to say? So, did y'all know? So, I was reading about the, the Super Bowl because, you know, the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. It was. First of all, at the beginning of the Super Bowl, like for the audience friend that was playing, Welcome to Atlanta where the players play. Oh. <laughs> do you remember we listened to that song when you first moved to Atlanta? I do. And you sang it with me? Yes. But anyway, I was reading somewhere, y'all, and, and it was on Twitter. And I saw this picture. How about these strippers made $3 million stripping on the night of the Super Bowl? And it totaled I out to be $120,000 per stripper. And they stayed up until 1 o'clock p.m. the next day counting their money. It was all, like, bills. This is at one particular strip club? At one strip club. I was going to retweet it on Books to Bills, but I felt like that was inappropriate. (laughs) Oh, huh? You heard me. $120,000 is what they all got. Is that untaxed? No, I think they got a tax. You know, I think they have to report taxes on it. You think they reporting that whole amount? Well, they didn't got on social media talking about it now. And so, you know how social media is going to be just like 21 Savage, who done, uh, got uh, captured by ICE. But, yeah. How is he captured by ICE? His visa expired. Where he from? It's been expired. The UK. Been expired. UK. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, he from UK and he uh, it's been expired for, for years now, right, Jasmine? Yep. And so, but yeah, so anyway, that social media, it will catch you up. And so now all of these strippers, because it was, it was a stripper who said it. She like, she said, she posted a picture. She was like, yeah, just so y'all know, we, um, for all those people who talk about strippers, we made $3 million. That's $120,000 each for each one of us. Um, if you want to have some sympathy, have some sympathy for us because we like stayed up until 1 PM counting the money. And I was like, damn, but yeah. They need to get some tender machines. Mm -hmm. Well, that, I don't even know if that money would work on that because just the way it'd be freely thrown around and, you know, mm-hmm. it ain't crispy and stuff no more. Because yeah, this was, be so I saw multiple pictures from this strip club. They, like people in there was throwing the money and they wouldn't pick it up. So like, it was like the floor of the place was just filled with money by the time they left. And so they literally had to clean up the place, you know? Yeah. Let me get my broom. I'm ready. That's I mean, crazy. Hell, if I'm going to make that much kind of money, let me sign up to be a stripper. All you got to do is do it on Super Bowl weekend and you good. Right. That is impressive. But I bet you they make more than more money than that at the Masters. Uh, because, you know, it's more it's more rich people who attend the Masters and they be looking for strippers and stuff, too. Dang. Consequently, the Masters is also the, the uh, it has the most human trafficking uh, incidents in the world at any one given week. Wow. I thought it was a Super Bowl. Mm-mm. The Masters is higher. Masters also have more private jets. Because people, we know so much about the football, I mean, Super Bowl, because everybody watch it, but black folks don't really watch golf like that. But all of their old white money, they all right there for the Masters. 
And on them crime TV shows, not to be stereotypical, but on the crime TV shows, it always be like these rich white people who go on these black sites, you know, and just not black people, but like the, uh, what is it? The dark web, dark websites and be bidding on humans and bidding on women, giving thousands yep. of dollars. Mm-mm. Dang, that's crazy. Well, shout out to them strippers for hustling. Look, they could have paid me to count it. Yeah. Shit, yeah, they could have just paid me a thousand and I'd have been in there counting. I would have counted until the cows came home. Right. Dang. That's crazy. Yes. The other um, thing I was going to ask y'all about. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my next question. Well, no, don't forget. But me and my me and my coworkers were sitting at work trying to figure out how to make money off the Super Bowl. And so at one point, we at one point, I was going to go stay at one of my coworkers' house. We was going to Airbnb out my apartment. Um, but then we switched to her apartment, but she was like, I don't want nobody sleeping in my bed. And so it just kind of got creepy. Then we was like, we're going to dog sit. We finna get us about six, seven dogs. And we finna host, we finna keep these dogs over the Super Bowl and make some money. Then we was going to babysit kids. But then we was like, nah, they too much of a liability. One of them die, I'll be over with. And then, so we going to do that. Well, I mean, we so what in the hell did y'all decide to do? Nothing. Somebody told us to get some water and start sitting on the streets. We probably still could have made a couple hundred dollars off that bottle of water. Right. Y'all did all that brainstorming and ain't move. But I will say my one of my coworkers, she a hustler to, to the heart. She did. She just bought a house. So she actually end, end up getting one of her rooms, Airbnb. I referred her as a host. So I get money for her, for hosting her, for referring her. So I will be getting my hundred dollar credit in 15 days. Wow. So where are we going? <laughs> to Colorado? Amen. Amen. I don't know what's in Colorado. Wink, wink. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> All right, Fred, what was your other thing? Yeah, so the other thing I was going to ask y'all about, do y'all like have like secret beauty, beauty shop talk? When y'all getting y'all hair done, do y'all talk about certain stuff? Well, I'm a kitchen loctician, so I don't go to the beauty shop. You used okay. to go? Not really? No. Because <laughs> I just think, and the reason I ask is I just got my hair cut today. Um, so I'm looking, feeling like a million bucks. But today I was in there. We had a very, very interesting conversation. It wasn't problematic, so I could actually share the conversation. I won't, but I could. But it just got me thinking because I knew that I was going to talk to y'all after. I was like, I Why you ain't going to share the conversation? Okay. It's, some of it's kind of bad. We were talking, so <laughs> I ended in, <laughs> It ended up, so there's this guy in there, he was watching it, and it was like this show similar to Love and Hip Hop, but it had something to do with like Tattoo Parlor, blah, 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 like City Ink Chicago, something like that. Oh, Ink. Uh, lo- ink. Black Ink. Something. And it's some black people on there, and like, he asked me, did I watch the show? And I was like, no, I don't watch those shows or anything that they stand for, because at the time, I thought it was Love and Hip Hop. Because right as he asked me that, he had just went to commercial because the black people were on there fighting, trying to bust a window and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so all of my friends know that I don't watch stuff like Love and Hip Hop and all of those shows because I think that that's just black people being entertainment for the majority. And I think that um, that's why we will continue to have our lives devalued because we get on social, I mean, we get on TV and that's a lot of people's only representation. And so then we've got to talk about different things. And I went and he didn't understand what I was talking about. He was like, no, he was like, I should look at that and see that it's about black business. And I was like, yeah, I can look at that now after you tell me that and understand that, yes, this show is about black business. But I said, 
I feel like when we watching these types of shows, if it's like a white show and they get on there with a little drama, everybody recognizes that that's an isolated incident. But when it's a black show and black people get on there and they fighting and busting windows and, and providing a little drama, it's all of a sudden like, oh, this is what all black people do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up, we got to talking about that. That's not how a lot of it started. It originally started because he wanted to um, say that the women on TV are very, very pretty. So it makes him makes it hard for him to go and find a regular woman to be his girlfriend. Now, my y'all, I'm sitting here looking at him like, well, first of all, you need to get yourself together. You need to wash your face a couple of times, lose about 300 pounds, and then you can go get your woman that you see on TV. But you can't be having all these high pounds. standards for folks and you looking like you looking. That's what I wanted to tell him. But anyway, <laughs> I didn't say that. So he said that because women look pretty on TV, it makes it hard for him to get a woman in reality. Yeah, he said he not he not attracted to the the a regular woman is what he said. Oh, he's not attracted to the women in the in the real world. Yeah, so he asked me, was that the case for me? Okay. And so then we all got to talking about it, and it just went to some ungodly the conversation just flow as it always does on barbershop. I love barbershop talk. I will be the first to say that I don't engage in barbershop barbershop talk when it turns into quote unquote locker room talk because we know from white folks the locker room talk is problematic so but generally my barbershop that i go to now is pretty good so that's why i wanted to know what y'all be talking about in the beauty shop i think women talk about the same stuff so when i was going to an actual shop and it was like multiple stylists well well, let me preface this i've gone to shops where it's only been women like it was primarily for women getting their hair done and then as i got older um, I ended up going to a shop where it was, uh, actually it was a barbershop and this one woman did hair. And so I was in there with mostly men, which I could talk about those experiences all day. I used to hate going to barbershop cause I used to go to the barbershop with my daddy all the time when I was younger. Um, and I just felt uncomfortable in general. No guy had ever made me feel uncomfortable in there, but I just, I was definitely always one of the only females in there, even as a young little girl. Um, but thankfully my cousin is a barber. So we always went there. So I always had my family around me. But when I got older, I used to hate walking to the barbershop. So I used to be like, I either got to go in here and look raggedy as hell, or I got to go in here and I look, I got to look like a 10 because a five just won't cut it. A five just won't cut it. And so when I, I I do feel like when I was going to the barbershop slash uh, beauty shop, the conversation i never feel like anything got super duper inappropriate but sex relationships dating money um i feel like that's what it always was and then there was this one time i was walking out i had on a sundress and i am quite blessed up top and i had on the sundress. Hashtag sundress season yeah it was the summer and this barber he must have he must didn't know me um and he didn't know that Z, that's my cousin, the barber, was my cousin. And he quite confidently passed me his card. And I'm like, if my cousin was right here, I just don't know if you would have done that. Well, if he passed you the card, that was nice. It was, that, no, it was very was... respectful. But I just wonder, had, would he have had the courage to do it if he knew who my cousin was? Because that was one of the few times I had ever even walked into the barbershop without my father. 
Because when I walk in with my daddy, it's a completely different situation. Oh, this your baby girl. Oh, this mm-hmm. she's so pretty. This different. Mm-hmm. But when I walk in by myself, baby girl, it's like, oh hey, 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 you know. Um, but now I go to a loctician. Shout out to my locked folks. Um, and I, she works by herself, and so it's just typically her and I having conversation. And honestly, conversation with her now is a lot of stuff. But she is a a, a vegetarian, so she's always trying to convince me to stop eating meat. And I bet you she talks about being a vegetarian all the time. The whole time. Ooh. And she's she's also like super rooted in African culture. So she always talking about that stuff. She's she's funny. She's she, I've learned some great things from her, but I'm not going to stop eating meat at this point in time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last question on the barbershop. Do y'all beauticians ever be late? Oh, my God. <laughs> like. But let you be late. Oh, it's the end of the world when you late. Want to charge you? Want to move your appointment? Yes. Well, you yeah. you uh five minutes late, you're going to have to get a new appointment. Somebody already took yours. What the fuck? But then today I was in the barbershop and my appointment was 44 minutes late. Oh, no. Yes. They some first class hypocrites now. So my beautician in Baton Rouge, she was really cool. I got really cool with her. And she was, of all the times that I went to her, I probably went to her at least 10 times during my stint there. And she was only probably late three times. So the other seven times, I feel like she was pretty much on time or we had some type of agreement. And so she, I told her that I would do people's hair and I did my own hair. So she always honored that. And so she um, had put me in the dryer. And I was like, Miss Donna, you know, you can put me in this drive. I said, don't leave me in this drive two hours. You know my hair going to be drying 45 minutes. And so she was like, you do hair, girl. You know what we got to do. And so we laughed about it. But I don't know if white beauticians or white people who go and get their hair done have this same problem. But I feel like it's a huge problem in the black community. Like the stylist is going to book four or five people on one time slot and have them rotating between the chair, the bowl, and the dryer. I'm like, you sell right. Like, you can't book four or five. I can understand maybe two or three people rotating out because you got three chairs. But how you got five bodies and you rotating? Like, no. Terrible habit in the black community. And they don't let my hair be messed up and I've been in it all day. Now, I will say, that's what that's that's one of the stereotypes of a beauty shop. Y'all do be in there all day. Most certainly. When I was younger, we used to go to a beautician. We used me. I used to have to go to work most times on the weekend at five o'clock. I used to be in the barber, the beauty shop from eight a.m. until five. Mm-mm. What? But Mm-mm. she was terrible. I ain't gonna say her name, but she was terrible. She used to, you know how people <laughs> having their friends. I ain't gonna say say who the somebody is. It's Tamara's sister. That's what I'm gonna say. Tamara's sister. Tia. Tia. <laughs> Let me tell you, she was one of them beauticians. I ain't like her. Let me tell you why. She used to have her friends' daughters and nieces come in, and she would do their hair before her paying customers. Oh no! Uh uh-uh. uh. Yes, yes. I was like, little CC, little TT. Just because they sweeping up the hair, don't mean they get to go before you. Because <laughs> at this time, my mom was still paying for my hair to get done. My mom finna pass you seventy dollars. So. You need to come on. $70? You getting a perm? Mm-hmm. It used to, per, my, when I used to get my relaxer, it used to cost $45 for a wash, relaxer, and a style. But by that time, it had probably gone up to about $50, $60, maybe. But Some now, dark and lovely. 
Just but for me. In Baton Rouge, she was nine. White and silk will set you free. <laughs> oh, she need a perm. She need a perm. She need a perm. What is this? Oh, yeah. But anyway. Okay, friend, that's all your questions? Yeah, that's all I had. That's all I had on today. On today? Well, I think this was a great episode, and that is all we have for y'all today. And so thank y'all so much for listening. Um, Shaq and Jasmine, do y'all want to take us out with the benediction, a.k.a. the action item? Go ahead, Shaq. Jasmine, can you take us out on the benediction? Oh, I thought you said uh, Shaq. I said Shaq or Jasmine. Oh, and then Shaq just went ghost, huh? You see yeah. his little uh, ninth grade picture done came back up. <laughs> that mean he don't want to close us out today? That was because I texted you and said, wrap us up, Jazz. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on social media, Facebook and IG at Books to Build Podcast, Twitter at Books to Bills. And then if you need to, feeling feeling nice and want to type us a little email from Books to Bills Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see y'all next time. Bye.